and welcome to 30 Days of Terror Day 3. How you do? How are you feeling about 30 Days of Terror so far? Good. Good, good, good. I'm positive. I like the opportunity to talk to these lovely people a little bit more regularly. Me. You're just talking to me. (laughs) (laughs) We don't talk when we're not recording, so that's nice. It's the only time we ever have a conversation. (laughs) I've got two stories for you today. Okay. I mean, this is the downside of it. Yeah, the actual stories that keep you up at night. Yes. And our first story comes from Chantel. I'm an engineer. I believe in science and I love science. And I do think that most things can be explained by science. There are many weird things that can happen in the course of life. But I do believe that they have a rational explanation. Physics and science is very complicated. And if you don't understand something, then it's natural to chalk it up to the supernatural. That being said, I've always loved ghosts and ghost stories. I would go on haunted tours. I would go to haunted places. I stayed in haunted hotels and inns. And I would go on ghost hunting tours. I lived and grew up in a 200-year-old farmhouse for the first 18 years of my life. But I never saw a ghost or had anything unexplained happen to me until the following occurred. My mother passed away in 2009 and it was a really devastating blow. I had moved to the same town as my mother in Arizona the year before and had been anticipating all the things we would do together for a long time to come. My sister too was quite close to her. My sister and I had finished college and were starting our professional careers and were becoming really good friends as adults. I think that this is important because my mom was very into family and family gatherings and spending time together as a family. It was really important to her. Anyway, in late 2009, my sister bought a house in Texas. Note the dates as my mother had passed away before she bought this house. My mother had never visited it. This was a new house, built maybe five years before she bought it. One other owner and no kids. It was a big house on a one-acre lot, set out in the country and it was very quiet out there. The top floor had an open staircase going up. You could look over the side and see down to the den. There were two bedrooms at the top of the landing, bedroom one and two, let's say. Then you walked across an open walkway with a banister where you could look down at the kitchen and the other two bedrooms were on the other end, bedroom three and four. Bedroom three was over the garage. Remember this for later. My sister's bedroom was on the first floor and there was no second floor above it. If you were back in her room, you could not really hear anything in the other rooms because it was really set off to the side. So we texted each other a lot when we were inside rather than yelling. The house was around 3,500 square feet. So yeah, it was big for two people. When my sister first moved down there, she was alone. Her husband and her dogs were still up in Colorado selling the house. She would sit in the living room watching Netflix and knit in the evenings. Wild and crazy, I know. When one show ended and before she could put down her knitting and press play on the next one, back in the day the old Roku player did not start the next show automatically, there was obviously silence in the whole house. Well... 
sometimes. During one of these periods of silence, she hears someone small walking up the top few steps and then running across the landing that goes from bedroom one and two, across the open walkway, over the kitchen towards bedrooms three and four. Accompanied, you guessed it, by the sounds of little kids laughing. Oh no. She totally freaked out. She kept hearing them and thought maybe someone had gotten into the house. So she went upstairs. But there was nobody there, of course. She checked all the bedrooms and closets and crawl spaces. She looked behind the doors and in the showers. There was no furniture upstairs at this point, just empty rooms. So it was not hard to do a good search. She rechecked the doors were locked. This continued not every night, but with frequency. She was super freaked out. Without the dogs, it was hard to tell if she was slowly or suddenly descending into madness. I had yet to visit the house, so I of course told her she was descending into madness. Sisters are always so loving and supportive. She would hear other weird things in the house too. It was a new house, and not necessarily well built, so we do think that some of it was the wind, or just the house settling. Nevertheless, she drove up to Colorado and got the dogs one weekend and brought them back. Dogs, especially two different dogs, don't make things up in their mind. The next time she heard the kids upstairs, the dogs were there, and she watched as the dogs sat up and cocked their heads to listen. She watched as the dogs' heads moved with the sound. She felt a little bit better that at least the dogs were hearing something too. But they did not seem threatened by it. They stood up to listen the first few times, but did not run upstairs. Her dogs are a lab and a lab chow mix, both big, both used to hunting small animals and rodents. They have an old family ranch in the same area and the dogs hunt out there all the time. Her husband takes them hunting too. The one would spend hours and hours chasing things outside, often leaving bats, rabbits, squirrels, mice, etc. on the back porch. The sound upstairs was much bigger than a rodent, but she felt that if there was something edible in the walls, the dogs would definitely have been interested in it. Eventually her husband moved down. I'm not sure if her husband ever heard anything, or even if he would admit it if he had. I would visit two or three times a year for a week or two at a time. When I visited her house the first few times, I did not hear anything myself. Then I was there a few years later over Christmas. The ghost talk had long since died out. And honestly, since I did not live there, I never really gave it a second thought. Our routine was to let the dogs out one last time at night, lock up the doors, then I would go upstairs to bedroom two and she and her husband would go to their room. They put up a dog gate to keep the dogs in their room at night, but left the door to the room open because of the way the heat worked with the furnace. I showered, then sat down on the bed, turned off the light, and before I could even lay down, I heard a dog coming up the stairs. Pretty distinct sound versus a person, and we always had dogs growing up, so I knew the difference. I heard the dog's nails clicking on the hardwood floor outside the door but I felt a creeping unease for some reason. I called out my sister's name. Nothing. 
click, 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 click. I was holding my phone, so I text my sister. Hey, are you upstairs? No, I'm in bed and it's late. Why? Is Gavin with you? Click, 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 click. He's laying right next to me. Well, one of your dogs is upstairs. Click, 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 click. As the dog continues to circle outside the door. I hear it brush up against the door. Um, no, they're not. They're laying on their beds right here. I can literally see them. Well, I hear a dog walking around outside my door. Click, 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 click. Well, it's not one of my dogs. Fucking sisters. I got up and turned on the light and opened the door and looked out into the hallway. I saw nothing and the clicking stopped as I opened the door. It was a long time before I fell asleep. My sister is not a prankster. She's pretty serious usually. I know it was not her. There was also no way for a dog or a person to get back down the stairs that fast without me seeing them when I opened the door. Remember, the stairs are open and you can see the whole set going down to the bottom. Bedroom 2 is not that huge, maybe 12 by 12, so it did not take long to walk across and open the door. I had not even laid down yet, so I was not dreaming. I also had the text exchange with my sister. Both her and her husband said they were in the room the whole time when I asked about it the next day. A few days later, it was the same routine. I went upstairs took a shower and sat down on the bed. I was texting my sister about how we were going to organise cooking the Christmas dinner the next day. I lay down and continued to text my sister about the wonders of her double oven. I know we are just beyond exciting people. The lights in the room were off but my cell phone was on. I heard someone open the door and walk across the room. I turned my phone but saw nothing in its home screen light. I called out my sister's name. Nothing. I turned my phone face down on the bed, thinking maybe the nightlight would show me something, and the phone was night blinding me. The door was open a crack, but I had closed it to keep the heat in. Then I felt someone sit down on the side of the bed. The bed creaked, and the covers got tight on that side of my body. I felt someone put their hands on either side of my head and lean over me, their weight pressing into the mattress. Then I heard my mom whisper, Good night, baby doll. It was Christmas Eve, my mother's favourite day of the year. That was what she called me, baby doll. She had probably sat on my bed and leaned over and kissed me and said that nearly every night of my life as a kid. She had not done it in more years than I can remember though. So long in fact that I had almost forgotten about it until that moment. I texted my sister right after and said, I think mom is up here. I was doubting myself in the morning, but the time between the double oven text and the text that mom is up here was less than a minute. So I'm pretty sure I was not asleep. I never saw anything and I never heard from my mom again. The next year I came to visit, I stayed in bedroom 3 because the bed was newer and the bed in bedroom 2 was like sleeping on a saggy hammock. I'll try to make this much shorter. I had two dogs of my own at this time and we were sitting up in bed listening to a podcast one morning. I wake up much earlier than my sister 
but if I go downstairs before she is up, my dogs make her dogs wake up and then they wake up my sister. So the night before I said, text me when you're up in the morning so I can get up and take the pups out. They were used to going out much earlier and one was still a puppy and I was worried about accidents. It was raining, sleeting and snowing a lot in the backyard and it was a mud pit. So we had been taking the dogs out through the garage to the front yard. I heard the garage door go up at around 6.45am, much earlier than I had expected. Remember, bedroom three is over the garage. My room vibrates a little as the door goes up. My dogs jumped up and spin around in excitement for the day. Normal stuff. They walked over to the bedroom door. I texted my sister. You're up early. The dogs waited for me to get dressed so they could go down and go out. I went downstairs and opened the door from the kitchen to the garage and the garage door was closed. My sister texted me to tell me to stop texting her that early in the morning. When I did open the garage door in the morning, it stuck a little from the ice and I had trouble getting it to go up. So there was no way it had been opened 15 minutes earlier when I was texting my sister the first time. No other electronic appliances were on. The furnace was over bedrooms two and three and I knew that noise by now. Other similar things continued to happen in that house. Hearing someone in the kitchen doing dishes when nobody was there. Hearing somebody walking the landing at night at the top of the stairs. The dog walking on the hardwood floor again and again outside my door. My sister and I have never heard anything in any of my homes over the years and nothing in any of her future homes. She moved about a year after the garage door incident. Not because of the ghosts, but because the house mostly burnt down due to a faulty chimney install. They never felt comfortable again and moved to the family ranch and sold the house after it was rebuilt. The fire started where the chimney passes through the attic on the way to the roof near bedroom two. They were downstairs in the living room under bedroom two watching TV. It was past the time that they normally went to bed, but something made them stay up and watch one more episode of the show. After that, something made Gavin go check upstairs even though they can go weeks without even going upstairs. They have no reason to. The bedrooms upstairs are only used by guests. And he saw the shower wall melting near bedroom two. He called 911. They hadn't even smelled smoke. Their bedroom was on the far side of the house, far away from the chimney on the first floor. The fire marshal said if they had gone to bed earlier, the smoke alarms would never have gone off because the fire was in the attic. Smoke rises and the whole roof would have collapsed in on top of them. He very much doubted they would have even survived. Fire was found in the whole attic, even over their bedroom. They got out safety with the pups, but a few minutes later the house was engulfed in flames. I think it was just good luck. But who knows? Maybe binge-watching Netflix saved them. Maybe it was a presence in the house. And maybe it was my mom. So in a momentary lapse of judgment, I moved from Arizona to Florida. While I'm looking to buy a house, I'm renting a small bungalow near the beach. The place I was renting was a nice but simple vacation rental, furnished. The area was a little ghetto, which is why I could semi-afford it. Some empty houses, some rentals near me. 
The house to the south of me was vacant. The house to the north had people on weekend, so I think it was a rental. I moved in June, so it was hot. And not the dry, who cares if it's 110 degrees oven-like dry heat of Arizona. But the kind of I'm in a steamer being cooked like a lobster and might die humid heat of Florida. Every time I went out to get in my truck, I would smell the most horrific smell. I kept checking to see if I'd run over a skunk and its rotting corpse was stuck up under my truck, decayed in the heat. But I couldn't find anything. I looked around the yard, but nothing. The house didn't smell, just that bit outside near my truck. Weeks went by, the smell persisted. I became friends with the landlady, and we would go cycling around the neighbourhood in the evening. One night, I asked her what the bush was growing over the hip-high fence near my truck. I said... I keep smelling this horrible smell near my truck. I think it might be this bush. What is it? And she said, the night-blooming jasmine. Okay, so that wasn't it. A few days later, I walked out onto the back porch and saw rats in the backyard along the south side fence. I did not like that. Rats carry all sorts of nasty stuff and I had dogs which I did not want to get bit. I called the landlady and she said that was odd but they were probably attracted to the fruit trees. I didn't see any fruit trees. One day I came home from work, about three weeks after moving in, and many people are standing in the road looking at the house to the south. As I pull up, a fire truck pulls away from the south house and drives away. I get out of my truck and the neighbours say, Well, you missed all the excitement. Oh, what happened? They found Tony, dead, in his house. Pointing to the south house, the house about 10 feet from my truck. Yeah, they said he's been dead a long time. I guess it was pretty gruesome in there. I go inside my house, realising that the nauseating smell I could not quite place, the smell I had never smelled before in my entire life, had been a rotting corpse. The next morning I get up and go out to the back porch, and as I go down the stairs to let the dogs out, I realise that the windows of Tony's house are broken when they were not the night before. I called the landlady. She talks to the police. The police came. This was a small town where everyone knew everyone, and my landlady knew everyone, including the police officers. I guess somebody broke in looking for something. Over the next few days, more info on the situation next door. Tony had been in the house for three to four weeks, in the Florida heat, with no AC. There were a few window AC units, but I never heard them running, so I assumed that nobody was there. His family up north had called for a wellness check, when he did not show up for a family event. He lived in Florida, but was a semi-recluse and spent a lot of time in the house. They had trouble identifying the body because of the decay, and eventually said they believe it was Tony because of the jewellery he wore. His obituary did not show up in the paper in the following weeks, because they were worried it might have been a murder. He owed back taxes, and even though his house was decaying by the day, it was on a valuable piece of land. I don't know what happened with that, I was distracted by what started to happen over at my rental house. The night after they found Tony, I was laying on the couch watching TV. The dogs were laying on me on the couch. They suddenly sat up and started growling towards the kitchen area. It was a small open area, so easy to just turn my head and look. I saw nothing and I told them to stop but they got more agitated and then the motion sensor nightlight went on 
the one that illuminates a small half step up from the back room to the kitchen. And then the dogs go crazy. I get up and look around but I don't see anything. By this time we had been there for three weeks and the dogs only bark if someone comes up onto the property or a weird but explainable noise happens like the ice maker or wind bellowing debris against a window. My dogs are not barkers for no reason but I do like them to notify me if someone approaches us or comes to the door. So if they bark and it's something I care about, a person, I say good dog. Let them bark for 10 seconds and then tell them enough and they settle down. This has been the routine for about five years at this point. Campgrounds, motels, hotels, friends, relatives, siblings and more, we have stayed at many places. Many times we are not at home and I always have the dogs and nothing unexplained ever happens. I go outside with a flashlight, thinking the rats are invading, but I see nothing. It's not even windy out. I go back in, and the one dog still has his heckles up. I take out the motion sensor light, and I clean the sensor and put it back in and settle down again. This happens two more times. I finally take the light out and leave it unplugged. Over the next few days, the dogs start to stare at nothing, about five and a half feet up into the air, my height, only I'm not the one they're looking at. This is happening a lot. They bark at the bathroom kitchen area. If I plug in the motion sensor light, it goes on and off a lot on its own, even though it never did the last three weeks we were there. It was a plug-in, so no batteries. One night, I go into the bedroom to go to bed. We turn the corner and my one dog flinches and jumps like I just jumped out from behind a door and surprised him. Only I was behind him. He starts barking like the world is ending. He's going ballistic. The other dog is barking and they won't go into the room. They will not stop. Nothing I can do will make them stop barking. This has never happened before. I get a light and go outside to look around in the bushes. Nothing. No animals, no people, nothing. I go back inside, I look under the bed, I move the dresser, I put my ear to the wall, I hear nothing. 45 minutes later, still barking, growling, whining. I'm a little freaked out at this point, but I don't see anything. I take some pictures on my phone, I still don't see anything. Eventually, they quiet down. One just sits on the bed though staring at the corner of the room. He won't lay down, and I find it very hard to fall asleep. This goes on for weeks, getting worse with the dogs. I still can't see anything. I tell my landlady, and she thinks maybe it's Tony. He really loved his house, and was at peace there. He was probably unsettled when they moved him. She knew him, and had met him a few times, They'd both lived in the area for over 10 years. She suggested that she could try smudging the house. I said fine, mostly to be nice to her. She was into it and felt like it might help Tony. It didn't bother me, but I did not think that smudging the house was going to help. I was still suspicious of the rats. I'd not seen anything, but it's not like I could explain to the dogs what smudging was to try and psych them out. She did smudge the house a few days later when I was at work. I plugged the motion light back in. It never went wonky again. 
and the dogs never went crazy again. Oh my gosh, so much going on in that story. So Chantel is an engineer who loves science, loves ghosts. That's what I put on my notes to start with. That's a good combination. Yep, a good synopsis of Chantel as well. Yep. Man, I don't even know where to start. So her sister's house is the is the one that I'm, I'm not a massive fan of. <laughs> the one in Texas? No, not a massive fan no, either. No, It's um. I like the bit about the mum was really nice, but I don't think all that stuff was a mum. No, I don't think her mum was... Pretending to be a child. Or a dog. Or a dog. And if it's no. not a dog... What is it? What is it? That's... I, all I could think about was Freddy. Ghost dog. Ghost dog. Okay, well, I'll give you ghost dog. Give me a ghost dog. I'd, I'd accept Gold Star over Freddy, I, I feel, have to say. Yeah, but I feel like Freddy is, is very personal to that girl. Yeah, I agree. I agree that Freddy is, is like a guardian angel type entity yeah. type thing going on. But that was what was in my head. Someone was Freddy. A ghost sloth. So it wouldn't be that quick, nails. though. Oh, no, it wouldn't be. Yeah. It could be like waiting. So it could be like... Oh, like, it could be like yeah. drumming its fingernails in, yeah. in impatience. And the reason why it doesn't happen every night is because it falls asleep for long periods of time. Forgets where it's supposed to, why it was there in the first place. Falls asleep, and then when it wakes up, it remembers and it starts drumming. It's ringing out the way and it's getting again. Do you know that sloths only ever come out of trees to have a poo? So hmm. that could have been why. Yeah, just that's where it likes to do a poo. Yeah, in her room. Um, yeah, no, that's terrifying. I didn't like the kids running around and laughing. Obviously. Oh no! Wouldn't Never you just like wouldn't you just die in that silence between Netflix going? Are you still watching? Yeah. And clicking, yes, I'm still watching Netflix. Stop judging me. I just, as an aside, if Netflix said it to me in that voice that you just did, I would literally burn Netflix to the ground because that was really creepy. Who's Are you still watching? watching? <laughs> <laughs> no, go away. Um, yeah, didn't like that at all. The f- and there's many, many pluses to having a dog. Yes, there but are. The downside is that they are they confirm the weird stuff that you see that you want to forget about. <laughs> or they freak you out over things they can see and you, you can't. can't yeah so the dogs heard kids clearly yeah the dogs saw tony popping around the florida one's not nice because it's like a dead body lean and and i'd imagine the rats were probably feeding on tony yeah most likely unfortunately nice. but actually it seems like the landlady was on something and the smudging just but then it on. also i mean i was going to say it could have been psychological but the fault was like part of it was lighting, which isn't a psychological thing. Like no. that isn't a factual no. No. thing that is happening. And it works again after. And mm. and how the dogs, what the dogs feeding off the psychology of Chantel. Yeah, dogs are like, oh thank God, she's getting somebody in to smudge the yeah. place. Yeah, and they're like, all right, we'll we'll stop now. <laughs> and our second story today comes from Elizabeth. I grew up in the state of Minnesota. Land of 10,000 lakes. But there are way more than that. And the cities I lived in, mostly all, are on the St. Croix River, which connects to the Mississippi River at some point. When I was seven years old, with my family of five, my mom, stepdad, and my two younger siblings, we lived in a small two-bedroomed house. It was the middle of winter. All the windows have plastic on them by this point. My stepdad is at work and my mom was doing the dishes. It was sometime after 7 or 8 p.m. and all the kids are in bed. I woke up, not sure why, but I looked up as soon as I did and I froze in my top bunk bed. I froze because I was scared of the man who was standing in the doorway of our bedroom. He stood there for what seemed like forever. 
I heard my brother, who was a toddler, start crying. And the man literally disappeared. My mom came in and comforted my brother. I was still frozen. Because it was not the only time that I'd seen him. My mom told me when I was an adult all the stories that she had from the houses that we had lived in. The first night I saw the man, she had something happen to her as well. She was washing the dishes, just waiting for her husband to get home from work and cleaning up the house. It was the middle of winter, freezing cold out, and we had plastic on all the windows. She heard what she thought was the front door open, but when she looked up, it hadn't moved. The house wasn't big. You walked into the house through the kitchen and everything branched out from there. So it's not like she wouldn't see the door opening. But what freaks me out the most is next to the front door was our bathroom door. The kitchen counter was on that wall. On the other side of the kitchen counter was our room, the kids' room. So what happened next was that she felt a breeze of someone walking behind her. Someone walked from the front door straight to our room. Shortly after that, I saw the man and my brother started crying and my mom came in. The man mostly came at night and always around the same time. We found out after we moved that a man who worked in the local factory died at work in an accident but I'd lived in our house before he died. Minnesota winters are freezing as well, apparently, I think, from what I know. So I was just picturing it being really cold and dark. If you've plastic on your windows, what does that mean? I don't know, really. I don't know either. I mean, it, maybe it's an extra thing to keep a layer of warmth in. Yeah, maybe it stops, stops the windows insulation. from like freezing on the inside. You know, the way yeah. that sometimes happens when it's really cold. I'm thankful that we don't live in a country that gets that cold, so I don't understand oh, that Oh, you would hate it so <laughs> much. <laughs> oh, yeah. I could, but I feel like the atmospheric conditions make this story even creepier. Yeah, because you can... I, like, to, in my head, this house, I know it definitely wasn't, is like isolated on its own in the middle of nowhere. It's snowy. It's dark. Yeah. The lights are flickering because it's slightly windy. You know, that's what I see in my yeah. head. Um, and then this man apparently walks in and stands in the kids' room. I wonder if the young version of Elizabeth, who I was really hoping I was going to be able to write loves maths, loves cryptids, but couldn't, unfortunately. But maybe that's right. I was wondering whether the young version of Elizabeth is not actually is actually feeling fear about the man because it's someone she doesn't recognise rather than it being a threat. Yeah, probably. It could just be the guy coming home from work, like the residential. No, no, no it's, not, it's not what I meant. Residential. Residual, I <laughs> residual. believe was the word that you meant. <laughs> yeah, residual energy of the man coming home. So he doesn't I don't know whether he is I don't know whether he is a threatening man or whether it's just threatening because it's a man that she doesn't know and she's little. I mean, it sounds residual, right? The sound of the front door opening. Yeah. The mother feels him walk past her. Yeah. He goes to the room. Happens the sa- It happens regularly at the, the same, same time. time. Yeah. But still, I mean, I wouldn't wish it on anybody. No, not at all. And it probably is really, like, it is really creepy. It would creep me out. Full stop. Oh, yeah, definitely. But it's almost the corroboration of the story of what happened in the house. Not happened in the house, but the, the previous owner had died. And maybe he's just going to look at, maybe that's where his kids were. But I also, I guess if you, if you die suddenly, yeah. like if you die in the workplace suddenly, maybe your spirit isn't 
aware. Do you know what I mean? Maybe it's still replaying what it should be doing, really. It's just hard to know, isn't it? Maybe you're completing the journey that you should have made the night you died. Maybe, yeah. On a loop. Which is a bit sad. Really sad. If you enjoyed today's episode, you can find me on Instagram at Real Life Ghost Stories. You can find Dan on Instagram. At 50p Movie Club. You can find us on Twitter. At Real Ghost Pod. You can find us on Facebook, Real Life Ghost Stories Podcast. Give the page a like. Join the supergroup or LGS supergroup. The password is... Emma and Dan. And it is the nicest place on earth. At least on the internet. At least on the internet. I might be exaggerating saying it's the nicest place on earth. But it's definitely the nicest place on the internet. If you wish to send in your own ghost story, you can do so by sending it to... Real Life Ghost Stories Podcast at gmail.com. If you wish to support us on Patreon, you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash real life ghost stories, where for $5 a month, you get lots of extra content. And for $2 a month, you get the complete back catalogue of 50p Movie Club, which is a podcast that I do with uh, Dave Keane and formerly with Will, where we watch a movie and it's normally quite bad and we talk about it. In the description of this episode, you will find the link to our website, which gives you everything that you could possibly need about us. And on that note, we shall see you tomorrow. Bye.